Award-winning filmmaker Zoe McIntosh brings life to specific and interesting stories that center the human experience. Stylebender is an intimate look at Israel Adesanya, the Nigerian-born Aotearoa-based MMA champion. It had its global premiere at Tribeca Film Festival, where it was nominated for Best Documentary and Zoe was nominated for Best New Director. Stylebender will be in Australian cinemas only from the 28th of September. Zoe, thank you so much and welcome to the For Your Reference podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, well, first off, we're matching, which is very cute. We love a yellow moment. <laughs> <Snap>. <laughs> Tribeca. Wow. Well, first off, congratulations on the nominations. Um, what was it like having a global premiere at such a prestigious film festival? It was fantastic. It was um, it was everything I actually imagined because sometimes you build these things up and you hype them up, but it just delivered to see a film that I've worked on since 2019 yeah. premiere at this prestigious festival and just get so many great um, reactions and feedback. It, it really was just awesome. Yeah, and you also touch on the fact that you filmed this over a five-year period. Um, and I also noticed in another interview you talked about how important it was to have creative control. Um, we love watching documentaries, and I think the best documentaries are the ones that can dig deep, especially on who the subject is. So um, I would love to hear a bit more about how important having a creative control was. Yeah, having creative control was absolutely essential. I don't think I would have touched the project if I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. um, it's essential because he's obviously a superstar and there's a lot of gloss and there's a lot of hype. Yeah. And if I wasn't able to get underneath what was really going on on who he really is. Um, I just don't think it would have had cut through. And so it was crucial for me to um, come on board, have creative control, uh, but also have Izzy on board with going deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so important. And yeah. I, I guess if you get too involved, it's like, oh, don't show me on that angle. Don't show me doing this. And um, th I'm so excited to talk about And I've had that before. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I'm polished and I'm perfect. And I look like Beyonce every time I wake up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm very excited to talk about Stylebender um, and also just like the filmmaking process of it all. Um, you know, I'm not a sports gal, so I didn't really understand um, a lot about that. But I obviously knew his name, Israel Adesanya. Um, and I guess watching this documentary was getting a peek into um, his life. And even though I didn't necessarily understand sports, you can see he's got a lot of talent. So he was definitely going to go from strength to strength when you started filming him. How did you know, or did you even have a definitive sort of time frame of, okay, he's going to be amazing. We're going to have an Israel Adesanya cinematic universe, but we're going to cut it here. Well, like with docos, you have to kind of like take a, you have to have a, take a leap of faith. Um, there's a real risk that potentially your character isn't that interesting or that uh, their journey doesn't kind of have peaks and troughs and doesn't make a dramatic story in front of you the roller coaster um, so, zoe the roller coaster i, I, I know <laughs> um but in this case uh i don't know i just had a really strong gut feeling and i often get that with projects and i get this like fizzy inside and i just knew i had to pursue it and i'm so glad i did and i just think what this film does 
as it does get deeper, it, it, he's so saturated. He's all on the on the media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this film really does show a, a different side to him, a very vulnerable, truthful, authentic side. And I, I feel proud of that. Yeah, and I guess that was one of the things watching this documentary, like, I want to love this fella. I want to know this fella. Like, let's get a little bit more into detail. And that's exactly what um, you achieved in Salbender. I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, the more vulnerable sort of themes that we explore in Salbender. Um, particularly, you talk about him being on a global stage, whether it's him fighting or whether it's just his presence, you know. He's got that sort of charisma. I love how Stylebender really took it back to his childhood and racism and bullying. And um, I kind of want to talk about, well, first off, there was so much care in that and I give a lot of love to you for doing that. Um, But what was it like in, I guess, ensuring the love and the care was there for him to speak on his experiences as a young Nigerian black boy in Rotorua. Yeah, beautifully put. Um, It's always super delicate, but with him, I think it was especially delicate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could just see and feel right from the get-go that there was still this young boy inside of him. And it was actually really interesting going back to Rotorua with him in those school grounds because you could feel it. Like he immediately dropped into that bullied outsider. Um, So I had to be extremely delicate and careful. Um, Yeah, so it it was a journey. And I think as a documentary maker, you just have to be truthful, straight up, and I think genuinely care. And I, I did, I was interested. So I think you could see that. Yeah, and I think if, if everyone's already in love with him, they'll fall in love with him um, again. So I guess mental health with black men is something that doesn't really get the spotlight, especially if it's black men in general not really talking about their mental health. We start with the therapy session. <laughs> like, like it's such it's such a beautiful moment because I in, in another interview you did talk about um that there would be therapy sessions. I didn't realize that we would be like, okay, this is it, and we're getting into it. I am a big advocate for therapy. I love it. Um yeah. But I don't know if I'm ready to have my therapy sessions documented in a documentary. And I guess, like, going back to the previous question of that love and that care, there are some really vulnerable, intimate moments throughout the whole film in these sessions. What was it like filming, like, being there, being present, but also being conscious that he's going through? Yeah, great, uh, great question there. I think it was... Well, first of all, it's good to get a bit of insight that uh, I I had to, I guess, be vulnerable myself. So I went, once I found out he had a therapist, I went and did like this four-day retreat yeah. just to connect with Janet and to understand her method. And then I kind of approached Izzy and was like, hey, man, we've got a film here if we go into this. And also, I'm so sick of documentaries where it's like sit-down interviews, tell me about your backstory. Yeah. So I thought it was just this wonderful way where you could – observe this character and get deep deep into him but not through that traditional doco lens you know Mm -hmm. um and it was it was done with a lot of care so like those therapy sessions that you see in the film that's just me setting up audio a camera and then I'm out I'm letting that like evolve and happen it's not me being like okay now talk about your your I don't know family or whatever yeah 
<laughs> Give me tears now. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I resonated, because I got very emotional. I even cried a couple of times watching Starbender. Um, I think what really resonated in Starbender is just the human fucking, sorry, my language, but the human fucking yeah. experiences that we went through and that we followed Israel going through. I think something that a lot of us can relate to, especially in years of a pandemic or just, you know, growing up in general is grief, you know, rest in peace to Falvake. Um, And that was covered in the film. Like even researching it, I was like, oh, and then it was in the documentary. And I'm like, oh, like this is we're really in. We're not we're not switching to something comical. We're staying in this moment because this is where the hurt is. This is where the pain and sometimes a, a joy and release in grief is. Yeah, I think it's, I th- I'm always fascinated by people who uh, have adversity in their life mm-hmm. and somehow can go through it, acknowledge it, grieve, like it's there, they don't push it to the side, but somehow they triumph. Somehow they like use it as power and energy and can show that it can almost like make you better. Or I, I find that really interesting because it's really up to our brains yeah. to have that choice, what way we want to take these hard circumstances, you know. So, yeah, I I, I found that stuff really interesting. Yeah, and um, I, I guess this is more of like a, a filmmaking question. There are some great lines in this documentary. I, I'm saying it like he's a character, but he's a real person. Um, it's better to be a warrior in a garden, and the character you see is one I created, were there any sort of moments when you were in the cut and you're like, oh, 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 this is the one, this is the one for the trailer, this is where we put this, like these are the great lines? Yeah, he's very uh, he's very succinct and articulate. So there were some cracker lines, but uh, I especially like the one line where I pay him out for, he always says pressure makes diamonds. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And there's one of those films where I like give him shit for that, which is funny. It was nice that there were a couple of moments throughout the film. I was like, oh, I think that's Zoe. <laughs> like behind, <laughs> like the, the, it's just the way that he connects with the world. Like you're there and he's conscious of you being there. Um, I want to talk about a, a scene in the film where he talks about like not necessarily having any sort of privacy, you know, mm-hmm. and he says that he's used to you guys as the camera crew, but then you'll see moments where he's just trying to live, man. He's just trying to be with his pets and have a good time. Yeah, I mean, fame is an alluring thing, but it also comes with a cost. And that's what I saw, and I think the film really dives into that. Uh, I mean, he he was talking about the other day just how he cannot be at a family dinner, just being really present with his family without just hordes of people just coming in like, you know, a big black storm just cruising yeah. in and, and infiltrating. So, yeah, it comes with a cost, I think. I want to talk a little bit about like the controversial because he he's a big presence and he's a you know he he might ruffle some feathers and that sort of thing. Um, also, when I was doing the research, there was about uh, him talking about uh, the Australian New Zealand boxer and him being Maori or not being Maori, but that wasn't in the documentary. But then there was a particular comment that he made, and I, I think it was. I think the way that it was framed, it made a lot of sense because it talked about him processing and him grieving as well. From a filmmaking point of view, was there a process to, I guess, capture 
controversial sort of moments and the fallout or is it like I'm just going to be in this moment and wherever he's going to go is where I'm going to go? Yeah, it's an interesting question and it's, it's again, it comes back to that creative control. There's no way that I could have made that film without it. Mm-hmm. And I think what you see in the film is is moments where there is controversy, that controversy, and you know it's uncomfortable. You don't necessarily agree with them, uh, but I couldn't not have those moments in there because otherwise it's it's not really a reflection of what was going on or yeah. perhaps what he's like. So he is controversial, and yeah, I mean, I think as a filmmaker, you just have to you have to show that. Playfully, controversially, I was looking for all of the anime references because even his name, Stylebender, speaks to the last step. And I counted two. I counted <laughs> one from Naruto and one from Attack on Titan. So enjoy picking oh, up. You've done your names. research, girl. We weebs are us, you know. I love a good anime. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been more because I actually found that stuff fascinating because because I don't think uh, he even talked about it. Like there was no time oh, to. He- I know I, I interviewed him about it, but there's just so much like yeah. you just can't fit it all in. But I loved how he was at, from such a young age drawing inspiration from yeah. these comical or these uh, animated figures and literally telling his brain, I can morph myself into this. Like these these characters are here for me to learn and develop my own self, which I, I, I mean, it was pretty powerful. Uh, so it's like you know the human in me is like let's talk about therapy and grief and the weeaboo in me is like where's the anime <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough anime I hear you <laughs> well I want to thank you so much for your time and wrap up um, with our final question we finish our reviews with a recommendation so what would you pair with Stylebender as a double feature oh I mean the last dance is an obvious one but I think we yeah. can do better than that uh, you, you took it personally, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's it. Yeah, I'll leave it there because my brain's fried. No, the last dance is great. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Zoe. I promise I won't hit up your DMs for more anime references. No, I love it. <laughs> hey, I really enjoyed that. Let's snap! Like, look at that. Let's yellow do it. Let's yellow. do it on the yellow wall. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so there much. You Take care. We'll do. Bye. Yeah.